0: Blog Talk Radio. Well, hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody. Welcome to the program. My name is Willie Lawson. I I am certainly glad that you are available for a few minutes today um, to spend some time with us. Um, You know, it's... I usually do these shows um, in times where either people are working or or people are, you know, sleeping, one of of the two. And it isn't just to avoid people. It's just that that my schedule is opposite of everybody else's, if, if you want to know. It's been a while since I've done a um, blog talk radio um, program and, and right now I'm on the blog talk radio pro, um, platform. Um, it's been a while since I've done a show native on blog talk radio and um, I hell, I would pay for it so I might as well use it. How about that? And it's cool. It's easy, it's easy to use so I'm on blog talk radio this, this evening and I want you to know that I'm going to put this show in places where it ends up on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Castbox, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, um, again here on, on Ball Talk Radio and the Fight Back Media Group network. So it's going to be everywhere. And it takes a little bit of time for me to, to download it to the right places, to get it spit out to the right places, but um, it's going to be. So that's exciting. I want to talk about something that I was thinking about on my way home today from work uh, what we're really fighting you know, media would have you believe that it is white hats against black hats, spy versus spy, Republicans against Democrats, liberals against conservatives, uh, progressives against conservatives or libertarian. you know what I'm saying, that that it's white hat, black hat kind of deal. I don't believe that that's it in its entirety at all. I think that that becomes, those things become elements of what we're talking about um, in our world today, but obviously I don't believe that that's everything. I don't believe that this totality of the strife is Republican-Democrat. It's it, First of all, it runs too deep. And, and too many people don't know nearly enough about Republican-Democrat for it to be at the basis of all the strife. It, it doesn't make any sense then. It makes even less sense that we start talking about conservative uh, progressive. Because fewer people know about that, really, to any degree other than the labels and what they, asso- what they personally associate with the labels. You know what I'm saying? So I think we're dealing with something else. I think we're dealing, we're dealing with what we're always dealing with as time marches on. We're dealing with a culture war. I wrote this. Um, things are different now. There is no military draft. Men marry men. M- women marry other women. And this is called brave. The dominant religion of the country is constantly under attack. And so are the people who practice it. People would rather be famous than rich. And will go through almost any lengths to do so. Dependence is cool. Independence is whack. You know. We live with a generation that value their Perceived safety over their liberty. We are at war with ourselves. A lot going on. There's a lot going on. You know, I often, you know, where I live is not far from McDelib Air Force Base, so we have a lot of military people and military families that are in our area and that stay in our area. So I often think about people who who decide to go into the military, people who sign on the dotted line. And basically what they say is, uh, what I'm signing up for is whatever you have for me. I've only heard about what you have for me. I don't know what is really going to be And what I do know that there is a really good chance that you could send me somewhere and I may not come back alive. Or I may come back with missing body parts. Or I may come back with PTSD. I may come back with something that I did not realize that I was going to get. But I'm signing up for it anyway because I believe that I need to do this because my country where I live is valuable enough to me to do so. That's a special kind of person. That's that's the same kind of person who runs into a burning building and not out of of it. Same kind of person who runs toward gunfire to help people than the rest of us who run like hell away from it in a zigzag pattern, staying low, right? That's different. But things are different now. There is no draft. So most of us, and I I try to tell people all this all the time. I personally am 58 today. I will be, in two days, I'll be 59. I lived in a time, you know, in my, you know, between my 18 and 35, where there was no military draft. A lot of us chose not to serve in the military. A lot of us chose to go to college. And for a good number of us, it was a good decision. For people like me, not so much really. All I was left with is from from my time in university, um, I had some some lifelong friends, um, but all I was really left with is debt. I didn't graduate. My fault. All my fault. But, you know, I I always look at it, you know, if I hadn't gone, there may be some personal things that I might not have. But I'm telling you, my financial life would be a lot better. I'm just going to tell you. The pressure of some of the, you know, getting letters about student loans um, and all that stuff. And I would have been able to go back. As, as time went on and life went on, I was never able to afford to go back. Because once you get on the it list from them, you can't go back. Well, uh, because you can't get your transcripts. They hold on to your transcripts regardless. No matter what. Even if you pay cash for the rest of your schooling, you'd have to start from the very beginning and pay cash And then they may still hold on to your transcripts so you owe them money. So I've been locked out of university and higher education for a long time. So anyway, we chose to do that. For me, not the greatest decision. And for others, a good decision. For some, could have done just fine without it. You know what I'm saying? So what we didn't do is that we didn't sign up to go to the military. And so we never had to, Our my generation uh, never had to sacrifice. Yes, some of our friends and some of our friends' kids went to Iraq and went to, um, you know, were in the Gulf War and the second Gulf War and didn't make it home. And those 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 families had tragedies. Or maybe even our own kids. But we are not a generation that had to personally sacrifice. We didn't have the war. To end the wars. We didn't have that battle to protect us. Against evil. That was from across the water. By the time Gulf War one and two rolled around. <laughs> I was too old. I mean, things would have had to get gotten so bad for, for me to be able to sign up at that point, it would have been over. It would have been just over. So there's a lot, I think, that my generation doesn't get, doesn't understand about military service, how important how important it is, because there's no draft. So things are different on a uh, uh, so there there's a cultural disconnect with patriotism, what the flags what the flag means to people, what the national anthem means to people, and that's why the war that people remember is the Vietnam War, and there are still enough protesters here that are in now in positions of import who were protesting the war then and now find a place of relevance in protesting the war now. Where being non-patriotic was cool or burning the flag was cool. It was free speech, baby. It was, you know what, it was fight the power, man. You know what, fight the man. And that counterculture was cool. Those folks are still out there. Some of them were our parents. My generation was sort of ambivalent and agnostic on all of it, really. I mean, for the most part. Not all of us. For the most part. Agnostic for most of it. And bought into what our parents told us for the, other, for, for the most part, because you're going to buy in what your parents tell you for the most part. So on matters of patriotism and the like, things have changed. Now, on the matter of other social issues, things are changing. Um, being a homosexual was something for a long time that you just didn't talk about. You know, the 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 two ladies that stayed in the that stayed in the you know at the house down the street and they were roommates and they were roommates for years. And neither of them never ever neither of them ever got married. But they you know they they were roommates for years and years and they were both nice and you liked them and you mowed their lawn and they were sweet. They never bothered anybody, they didn't go to church. But they never bothered anybody. They kept their, I mean, they kept their their apartment or their house. He was a pin. Not one bit of trouble. We, you know, we're sitting this room and we think about uh, Miss Anne and Miss Mary, and we think, "Holy crap! They were gay. They were lesbians." Holy crap! I never thought about that and the reason is that we never talked about it never talked about it so we never thought about it the only memories that you have from miss ann and miss you know what miss mary was that they were very sweet they were always nice to you they were always very nice to you your parents may have, may have whispered about them but they never let on to you but now women are openly marrying women men are openly tongue-kissing other men on television. Things are different. And not only is this happening, we are being told by the dominant media culture that this is good, this is wholesome, this is correct, this is proper, and you damn well better agree with it or we will destroy you. Hmm. Now, connected to that is the dominant religion of the country, is Christianity. It always has been. It's never been anything else. Now, Christianity is under constant attack, and I don't just mean, folks, the, the quote, war on Christmas, end quote. That is a battle. It isn't the entire war. But when you start talking about communities that um, used to have, you know, in the town square, a uh, a plaque or a statue that had the Ten Commandments, or the Ten Commandments used to be in courtrooms around the country. Think about it: the Ten Commandments used to be um, almost standard equipment in courtrooms around the nation. This is a list of things. That the rest of our laws and our and our justice system are based on, and we acknowledge that, and now we don't acknowledge it anymore. As a matter of fact, Barack Obama said, we're not a christian- we're not a Christian nation anymore. Just said that openly as millions of Americans are Christians and still believe that we are a Christian nation. That if you look at your money, it says in God we trust. It does not say in Buddha we trust. It does not say in Hindi we trust. It doesn't say in Allah we trust. It says in God we trust. Before you call here, because I'm going to tell you, I'm not taking any calls, um, but it's before you call here or you send me an email or you get in the chat room, I will open the chat room for you to, to talk bad about me. I will do that. Um, I understand that God is a, a generic term and that the God of the Bible's name is Jehovah. And they never said that because the name was so holy they wouldn't even speak it. Okay. I please I already understand. that. thank you. For, thank Thank you ever so much. For my theology lesson today. But our money says in God we trust. And that God was the God of the Bible. There wasn't any. Um, when that model came to be. There wasn't any. Political correctness. That says that means any God. That means any of the three million gods. That the, in, that the Indian people. Um, worship. It was the God of the Bible. It was Christianity, right, and, and 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 you knew that, right, and we all and we all knew that that religion, the basic tenets of our laws and our culture, is under attack. Ten Commandments being removed, things like not being able to pray before sport, before sporting events at public institution of public schools. We all, I mean, when we grew up, and that's all I can say. And I know it sounds like, well, you know, I'm old. When, you know, when I was in camp, we, we got dirt. We were just happy that we were just happy we got to eat dirt every other day. These kids now want food, right? No, sorry. That, that, that's not the approach I want. But when I was coming up, um, we we were all used to going to a sporting event: basketball game, football game, football in particular, especially in the South, especially in the South. Um where doing pregame ceremonies and this is and this guy's happened at one of the schools I worked at until probably mid nineties, maybe even later. Um mid eighties for sure. And um where somebody would do the national anthem and then before we started you, it would be um Reverend Well you know Reverend Walter Smith from the First Baptist Church of where you live now will give the invocation. And that person would give a prayer. And basically the prayer was the same thing every week that we would play that everyone would play well, that there would be sportsmanship and nobody would be hurt, and everybody would leave here safely and in Jesus' name, Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's how you knew it wasn't some generic prayer, because it, it, it ended in Jesus' name. It didn't say in the mighty name of Allah. It wasn't like that. And, was, and then they became more and more pressured not to pray in Jesus' name, which is interesting because that's exactly what they tried to do in the Bible times, is try to get the disciples not to do things and not to speak in the name of Jesus. So we're experiencing the very same thing now. There's one difference. The disciples continued to. And whatever persecution they went through, they just didn't care. It was all worth it. We didn't do it. We caved to the culture. And the culture kept moving forward. The culture kept moving forward. The culture said, not only can't you pray in the name of Jesus you know what, we're going to have you not being able to pray at all. There isn't any need for that at a public school because there's this thing called separation of church and state, which doesn't exist. So eventually there was no prayer at the football game. There had long since not been any prayer, teacher-led prayer in the classroom. You know, you guys remember where there used to be a... Um, graduation, and then some of you guys had a a religious ceremony called baccalaureate. Well, we had baccalaureate, but I didn't go. And I graduated in 1978 from a high school in the South, right? So in any case, baccalaureates and public schools slowly went away, too. It's one small battle after battle after battle where the the dominant religion is constantly under attack. And now, people would rather be famous and rich and go through just about any length to do so. Social media has made it easy for people to be famous or infamous than wealthy. When this became a thing, when someone said, what do you do? I'm an Instagram model. Hmm. So that means if Instagram isn't on, you're not a model. So what do you... So you take pictures of yourself and you put them on Instagram. Right? Yes. Yes. What are you trying to do? Get likes. Get hearts. Get thumbs up. Become popular. And then maybe that popularity will parlay itself into money, but I have to be popular first. That means that I don't have to take care of my money now. I don't have to save. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I'm just trying to get popular. I'm just trying to get known. We hear this all the time. I'm just trying to get my name out there. We have a whole culture of that. Which adds to the narcissism. Because if you're just trying to get your name out there, there's a narcissistic piece to that puzzle. Excuse me. There has to be. There has to be some narcissistic piece to that puzzle that says, I'm just trying to get my name out there my name out there. Hmm. We live in a time now where dependence is cool. Where government is supposed to take care of people from the cradle to the grave. Free, Free daycare, free education, free college. Pensions. Now, pensions are a little different. Don't get your panties in a while. I want to talk about pensions. Um, But at least money for old people. Programs. Housing. That's being dependent on government for everything independence. You want independence? Why? Just let government do it, man. Government, that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're rich, that's what they're supposed to be doing. You know, when I was out in California last October, we were at an event called The Taste of Soul. And there was this young man there, I guess he was about 11 or 12. And he was about, I'll say it this way, he was about to get it. He was just about to get it. He was still, he was still a little far away. He hadn't, he hadn't pulled the boat up to the dock quite yet. But he was getting there. He was aiming to the dock. And there, and basically, there were some holes in his, in his education. When I said to him, "Government has no money of their own. They only have." our money. They only have your parents' money. Now, those of you who are out there who are listening, even if you don't agree with the damn thing I've said thus far, you know that government has no money of their own. You know the federal government has no money of its own. It only has tax dollars. You know that. But it's a difficult concept, isn't it? So this young man still believed that we needed to depend on government for money. Instead of just keeping our own money that we earn from our employer and not involving government at all. There isn't any reason to involve them at all. Right? You probably already know if you listen to me at all. I I am not a proponent of the progressive tax that we have now for income. I think that that's never what the founders intended. And I think there's something um, immoral about it. That a tax on transactions. Okay, I'm down with that. Not including a tax on income in place of. So I guess I'm a fair tax person and not a flat tax person because a flat tax still taxes income and I don't want that at all. I want to be able to have the the choice of taking my money, all of it, to my house after i own it. And if i want to put it under my mattress, then do something. And then i could do so. The only time that I should, I, I want to pay tax and that i'm okay with paying any, any any tax is that i want to have to buy a new a bigger mattress cuz i have more money. I'm I'm okay with that because that is much closer to the dynamic it was supposed to be. But this young man doesn't get didn't get that part. So he is still stuck, and and I'm I'm thinking that that he may slide back into dependence is cool, independence is whack. We live with a generation that values their perceived safety over liberty. And how do I know that? Because every time we have one of these damnable school shootings, um, we start talking about um, taking away people's liberties to maintain safety. No one talks about maintaining liberty. We're all talk we we all have bought in, not all of us, but a lot of us have bought in to this whole idea that these people who go to Washington should go there and do something. Cuz we don't know what they're supposed to do. Their main directive. According to the founders is to protect people's personal liberties. Period. They're not there to start programs for drug dependency. They're not there to start programs for free daycare. They're not there to start programs that provide free lunch for kids who who, who come from crappy-ass families. That's not what they're there to do. They're there to protect my personal liberties. And one of my personal liberties is property rights. And property rights is what my my real estate property of course, but things that belong to me, like my money. Belongs to me, the money I earn belongs to me. So we have a whole generation now, our growing generation that values their perceived Safety over liberty. And they want me to think the very same way, but I'm not going to. You know, I talked about this on 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 the morning program today um, when we're talking about, you know, what every time there's one of these Danable shootings, there's somebody screaming that we need gun control or common sense gun laws and all this stuff. What we have to come to terms with is that because we live in a state, in, you know what, in a country that values personal freedoms and liberty, that the government does not give and nor can take away the natural right of someone to defend themselves however they see fit. The government didn't give that right to people. And if they repeal the Second Amendment, It doesn't mean that the natural law of being able to protect yourself will be repealed. There's still a natural law. Um, I mean, and the First Amendment is natural law. You have, if you own your person, you have rights to you, and your and you have property rights. Then that means the government just can't bust in and start looking through your crap and confiscate your property. The the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights, are just the acknowledgement of natural rights. That's all it is. Don't get stupid. That's all it is. So the, the 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 war culture war that we're living in now, the things that I've mentioned, most people, most young people especially, are a hundred and eighty degrees antithetical to the positions that I hold. And I don't think, and I don't think I hold radical positions. Someone go, I mean, kind of old fashioned, maybe. But because they're old fashioned, doesn't mean that they're first of all not true. Well, things have changed, maybe. But have I said anything that wasn't true? Well, and and when and when I and I keep pushing that point, um, people always give me an, an exasperated no. So if it's true. If it, if, if it was true then, why can't it be true now? And if it's true now, why don't we act upon what's true as opposed to what we wish were true? Hmm? I think Miss Ann and Miss Mary had the perfect right to live their lives however they wanted to. As long as they weren't bothering anybody else. And they could be lesbians inside their house. They wanted to be. I don't care as long as they weren't trying to teach my kids that le- that lesbianism was something that was good and normal i don't give a rat's ass what they do not affecting me i won't be i won't be um press protesting out in front of their home i won't be out in front of their job telling their boss and their clients that they're lesbians i won't do it and neither will most of the people from my generation we won't Now, we're being forced by other people to think that's kind of stuff that we should be doing, but most of us are not going to be there, and that is at the crux of the culture war. The culture, the current culture, the media culture is pushing hard to get us to stay offended and to actually destroy the individuals and the people that we don't agree with. That's where the culture war really starts. Can we win such a war? Now some people have chosen to go hard against the current culture. Dave Chappelle's special Six and Stones goes hella hard against the PC culture. Hella hard. It goes hella hard against the LGBTQ P culture. Goes super hard against it. my thought is that we probably would do better and I believe this, I really do, if we played more of uh, judo than karate. Where we hold our position and we use the the ineptitude and the weight of their the, the current cultural position against them And let them flounder around. Example. I'll give you an example. Example is uh, of the LGBTQ, LMNOP um, culture. I am perfectly okay with this. I don't care what you do. The privacy of your own home. I don't care what your freak is. If your freak is having sex with another man... If that's what gets you going in the morning. Uh, okay. But you know what? I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's biblical. I don't think it's safe. I don't think it's I don't think it's good at all. But you know what? You own you. I do not own you. Do whatever you want. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to pay for it. But I don't care what you do. Why? Because you own you. I don't have to advocate for you. I don't. And this could be done at at almost anything. Almost anything. So So what if I want to be a Buddhist? Be a Buddhist. I think you're going to hell. But that's just what I think. And what I think shouldn't have anything to do with you. Why? Because you own you. So you can do anything you want. I don't own you. I don't have a hell to send you to. I don't have a heaven to send you to either. So you do you, boo. You own you. It works with everything. It is the way to win the culture war. But you must not compromise. You must not compromise. Allowing other people to do what they do as long as it doesn't affect you is not compromised. I'm going to stay solid in my in my beliefs but and I'm not going to be moved and I'm going to stay there for the very and i and and for the very same reasons I'll let you do whatever you want First of all, I own me. And I can do whatever I need to do because I am the owner of me. You are not, and neither is government the owner of me. So if I decide to protect my family with a firearm, if I decide to go to church on Sunday, Sunday night, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and go to a choir rehearsal on Tuesday with my protection in my front seat, and as long as it's not bothering you, because I own me, I'm good. And you're good too. And if and when they play the national anthem at the sporting event, I'm going to stand up, put my heart my hand over my heart, and sing my guts out. Because I can. Because I own me. You don't own me. Government does not own me. So I will. And if I have to say the invocation at at the high school football game myself from the stands praying for both teams to not get injured in this game, then I will. Why? Why? I own me. And if it doesn't have any effect on you, any deleterious effect on you, other than it makes you feel uncomfortable, I can't imagine why, but if it makes you feel uncomfortable, that's not enough. That does not rise to the level of bothering you enough to where I have to stop because you're uncomfortable. Sorry. Not sorry. I own me. Government does not own me. I own myself. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that this is how we win the culture war. We have to let people do whatever they're going to do, but you and I may not move. We may not be moved. We must not compromise ever. That we keep the values that have made America great, that has has caused a, um, that the Western, Western civilization has been the greatest civilization in the history of the world, that we hold on to the things that brought us here and that we not compromise and that we will not be moved. And all the time, teaching um, our enemy why we won't be moved and we're not asking them to move either. But letting them know beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, I'm not going anywhere and I'm not moving and I'm not going to be intimidated by you. It's really important. This is how we win the culture war. And understand that there's a culture war to go, that's going on. I'm talking about all the time. You know, if you work in a place where they've got you not saying Merry Christmas, you're part, and you have acquiesced to that, then you are part of the problem. say Merry Christmas. When someone says this to me, Happy Holidays, I always say, because I'm kind of a jerk, what holiday are you referring to? And then they go, oh, Christmas. Oh, so Merry Christmas to you too. Because this is how we push back. We push back with a smile. And we nod and we smile and we stare people in the eye. We wish them well. This is how we win. All right. Listen again. This program is going to be available on Spotify, uh, the Fightback Media Group page, um, Stitcher, iTunes, Castbox, Google, Google Google excuse me Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, and here on BlockTalk Radio. And um, we're looking to expand even more in the coming weeks. If you want to get a hold of me, please get a hold of me at wls860 at gmail.com. Send me an email, and I'll be happy to answer it when I get it from you and um, answer any questions you have. Um, We are available for public speaking. We are available for um, interviews to be on your show, on your podcast. So we're available. So just drop me a line. Let me know. You know, we got to get out of here, right? Yeah. Hey, guy here, make room for somebody else. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. Hey kiddo, how was the hell? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com.